welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Today, can you declare out loud, today my heart is open. My ears are alert to grow and change and never be the same. Amen. Once you take your seats. And uh, so we have an overarching theme uh, for all of City Point churches around the world that we do every year. And the theme for this year is nothing is impossible. And I like this theme a lot. This is why pretty much everything you can imagine is already possible. So therefore, we don't need the God of the impossible. Because you can only imagine without a God inspiration, you can only imagine the things you already have known of, seen, heard. Your imagination without the Holy Spirit is bound by its own self. And so for most people, we can't even imagine a thing that is impossible. Does that make sense? Are you with me? So, so if I imagine a leg growing, well, it's happened before. So it's obviously not impossible. If I imagine uh, waters parting, like in the Bible, it's actually not impossible because it's happened before. It's documented in a book. You know, so anything that we can really imagine without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is already possible. So therefore, how do, we, how do we get into that? How do we take that thing and bring it into existence? Well, that's where the word faith comes in. And we're going to learn how to unlock some faith in, in your world. But this year, Pastor Mark has set the theme that nothing is impossible. What Mark is saying through that statement is that we're going to have Holy Spirit inspiration this year. And when I say we, I mean you. And you might have a dream or a vision or something that is impossible. And in 2024, we're actually going to see God take the actual impossible and make it possible. And that sounds like end times revelation coming to life to me. And uh, if that's the book of Revelation in the Bible. And so in, in there is many, many things that actually haven't happened yet on planet Earth. Now, it's impossible to us because we've never experienced it on planet Earth, but it's easy for God because it's already created in the heavenlies. Okay, so for God, what he does is he opens up the veil and brings the heavenlies down to Earth, and that's the impossible coming possible. Who wants this in their lives this year and is already receiving this work? So the title of my message is Believe, Obey, Trust Equals Faith. Let me say it again. Believe, Obey, Trust Equals Faith. Faith then turns the impossible to possible. And here's a key verse, and it's found in the Bible in Philippians 2.13. The New King James Version says, this is amazing. You've skipped over this verse so many times. I've skipped over this a thousand times. It says, It is God who works in you both to will. What the? 
(laughs) and to do for his good pleasure. Let me read that again. This is the key today. It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Will is to stir in you. So it is God who works in you both to will or stir in you. So first of all, God stirs in you and then he requires you to do. So first of all, God stirs something up in you. I've had this little thing in my world. Um, I'm not sure. I always say 12 years old, so we'll just go with that. So when I was 12 years old, God started to stir this way of thinking up in my world. And it was, it was when I started questioning the will of God and, and God, what's the purpose of my life and things like that. And, and I, I'm a, a musician at the core and I always wanted to pursue music but I always knew I was meant to preach. Like from a very young age, I had a safari suit. Who knows what a safari suit is? Yeah, all the 40, 40 upwards year olds know what a safari. It's basically a real classy suit. And when I was eight, I had one in beige. The pockets, is, the pockets are square-like and the, the preacher puts his fingers in there like that. Walks around. You don't want to do that if your stomach's too big. And um, had the big collars, Elvis Presley style collar. And um, my mum gave it away on me. And I came home one day and cried. It's a true story, I'm not even lying. I lie about most things, but not this. Or the Word of God. And uh, anyway, so I was 12 years old, a couple of years later, and I just knew that God had a call on my life, and I just wanted to do music, and I, I, I had stage fright. You've all heard my story. And I had stage fright, couldn't speak in front of people, would blush and, and all the rest, and just feel like a fire going up my neck. And I said, God, I don't know how I'm going to get from music to where you want And I said, it's interesting that you've given me this gifting and this is what I want to pursue and it's where my whole heart is. I mean, I dreamed music and, you know, if you're a musician, you know what I mean, or an artist. Um, And so I was just like going down this lane, but I knew God had this call over here. And I just, I I think God must have spoken to me because I've grown up with this thinking that when it's time and when it's the season, God will shift my desire. And so I don't have to worry about the fact that I've got stage fright and, and I hate school. How am I ever going to get educated in the Bible? And I, I couldn't read, read very well, so even reading the Bible, you know, all that stuff. And, and I knew that if God wanted me over there, that he would shift something in me that would make me desire the things he wanted. And so I just lived in the will of God is what I was talking about, right? So I just lived according to the giftings and the anointing on my life, which was through music. And as I pursued that, and then one day I came to these crossroads because I always believed in giving your gift to the house of the Lord because this is God's house. So I gave my gift to the church and became part of the creative team. And then a stirring started to happen. Can you believe this? 
our band played on Channel 10, Rove Live. Who knows, remembers Rove Live? Half of you don't even believe me. Grab your phone and go to YouTube. No, not right now, do it after in the church. You don't do that in church. But you go to YouTube and have a look. Cavendish. And so I had this little crossroad in my life and I just felt like it was church music or it was me music, okay? That's just my little crossroad. Anyway, I chose church. So Mel, I, I left the band and, and Mel and I just gave our lives to church music ministry. And then that led on into becoming music director and then becoming pastor. So can you see how God manipulated my whole life to get me to where he wanted me? And so the will of God. And so what happens is it's God who works in you both to will, to stir up in you a fire, a flame, a passion, and to do his good pleasure. So it's an interesting scripture, and this is why we've read over it so many times. Because what he's saying is he's going to stir a fire up in you, a passion up in you, a desire up in you. There's another scripture in the Bible that says that he gives you the desires of your heart. That's also a trick scripture. And, and what God is actually saying is this. He will stir up a desire and then he will give it to you. And so he's not saying whatever you want nilly-willy, he's just going to give it to you. Otherwise, I would have hot cars in my garage right now. Okay, so he's obviously not going to answer that. But he will stir a God passion. In 2024, some people are actually going to live out the words that I'm speaking right now. And God's going to be stirring something and you're just going to go, how? You're just going to go, how did I get here? How, how did this desire start to burn in me? And it's the fire of the Holy Spirit burning a passion. For some of you, it's Bible college this year. God's going to stir such a hunger and a desire, almost like a must know his word. I must know his word. I have to know and understand what the Bible is talking about. I have to be able to have a defense when I'm at work. I have to be able to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ to people. I just have to know. And he's going to stir this have to up inside of you. And then it's your job to start to step out in faith, which is to obey and to do. So obey is to say, yes, God, in, in spite my finances, in spite my ability, in, not ability, ability, in spite all the challenges and the obstacles. And, you know, for me, it was the challenge of my wife. I'm going there today. <laughs> not in the bad sense. Why did you go to the negative straight away? Who went to the negatives now? Keep your hand down. <laughs> but for me, it was, God, if you can move my wife's heart, my wife is, is you speaking to me. Because who else gets voices in their heads? No one. Oh, my gosh. I'm the only one. I've got one over here. We've got another over there. <laughs> All right, now everyone's coming out. We're weird. <laughs> and so I said, God, I need to hear your voice clearly. So Mel came out one day and said, you know, I lost my job. And she said, why don't you go to Bible college? And I went, that's a great idea. <laughs> and so God spoke through my wife. And um, that's what marriage is, by the way. 
okay? We're just going to go left field for a moment. But I learned a, a very good trick when I was 12 years old. Ed, it's that if you're married here, God speaks through your spouse. And if there's a full stop there, there's a full stop there, okay? Because there's always unity in the three. There is to be always unity in the three. And you might go, well, there's been a full stop for 20 years. Yeah, could be 21 actually. We'll see how 24 goes for you. But when God moves their heart, it's the green light. And when you go, when it's a God green light, the waters part for you. The impossible becomes possible. Okay, finances will flow into your world. Provisions will flow into your world. There, there'll be unity and joy in the house in that decision. You will feel, obviously, a release because you've been waiting for 20 years. And so it's a God way. It's a God order. And so my prayers always, and I know Mel's is, and this is the strength of our marriage, is, is our prayers are always, God, would you speak to the other? Would you speak to my spouse? And once we get that okay, we know we've got a heavenly green light. Who knows this? Is often God will speak to one before the other. Okay? And so I know in my world, I'm a, I'm a visionary. Okay? I, 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 see, I see things. I, I, I see the impossible and I, I hunger for them and I just go for them. But then I've got a rope around me. I was going to say around my neck, but it's not around my neck. It's a good <laughs> and my wife pulls me back and she goes, yeah, but a, a vision gets fulfilled in its right timing, Gray. Like pull back a little bit. And so then what happens is I at home share the vision all the time. And then one day she wakes up and there's just this green light, you know, when it's unexpected to me. And so just because God's speaking to you some, about something doesn't mean right now is the time. We've got to put our earthly or our physical emotions. Is this helping? I'm completely off tangent, but we've got to put our emotions aside. We've got to put self and humanity aside. We've got to even put aside for a moment what we can see in the world around us. Like the world needs this. This kabulcha needs this or my family needs this. We actually have to put them aside and say, God, I've got the vision and I pray that you continue to stir this flame, this will that you have. You have a will in heaven, and you want to use me to fulfill this will. Continue to stir that, but Father, I am married. And so he will start to fan that flame of that will. And now it is your responsibility to share the vision to your spouse or your children or your family if you move in town or things like that. Don't move this town, though, okay? It's a good town. But if you're moving schools, you're like, we, the visionary has to share the vision, but God fams the flame. And when that flame has been flam, <laughs> flamed, <laughs> when he slams that uh, flame, <laughs> fame, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Let's go with that. So to will and to do for whose good pleasure? His good pleasure. Remember that. We're going to go through a story in a moment where that got forgotten. I just want to walk through this verse just a bit slower in three different ways just to help us understand it. So firstly, belief. Belief is a noun. It refers to what you believe in. 
So we believe God is who the Bible says that he is. Belief. Trust is a verb. It's a doing word. So we trust God, so we do what the Bible says to do. Secondly, to believe we don't require faith. To have faith, we require belief. And thirdly, belief requires obedience in order to trust. We believe God can, we obey what he asks, and trust is us doing it. See, a lot of us say we believe, but we don't do. So therefore, you're actually not trusting the one you're saying you're believing in. So you might believe he can because it's written in the Bible and you do believe the Bible, but you're not trusting the author of the Bible if you don't do. Now, you can't do if you don't obey. So when he calls you to something, you must first say yes and obey. And then it's now, what do I do? And then once you do, you're proving that you're trusting the God that gave you the vision in the first place. Is this making sense? So this is the formula of faith. Often we believe and we say we trust, but we don't obey. When we obey what the Bible says to do, then we are truly trusting God and faith is initiated. We believe, we obey, and we trust. That equals faith, and that will move a mountain. So when we consider this formula of faith and we look through the Bible, we'll see it happening time and time again through the Bible. When amazing men or women are doing amazing, unbelievable things, we'll see this formula in place. And I just want us to look at a story in the Bible of Moses. We all know the story, or most of us will know the story. And um, basically, the Hebrews, which became the Israelites later in history, um, they were in Egypt, and it was fantastic. They were, they were thriving in Egypt, so much so that Pharaoh um, wanted to basically bring the Hebrews under his control and so he started to use the Hebrews to build all the buildings and everything in Egypt, and it became slave labor. Um, and then you go on in time, and there's this man by the name of Moses. Um, there's a whole story there you can read in the Bible. And um, Moses got trained for 40 years. And um, after his training, so God uh, just expanding his tent showing him how God works through his life and God building his faith. It was a 40-year process. And um, so if you've done 20 years, you're halfway there. Well done. You get a sticker this morning. And, uh, and so there was this 40-year process of training for Moses. And, and then um, a time came when God called Moses. Now, Moses believed God, okay, but he had to obey him. This is a story of the burning bush and and, and so God, uh, Moses said, uh, finally, at the end of the story, he said, okay, God. And so now we're in obedience mode. And so what do you want me to do? And so God told him what to do, which is great. We're still in obedience mode until Moses did it. And so there's seven plagues in the Bible, seven plagues? Yes, there's plagues in the Bible. And so Moses went and delivered the word of the Lord. So that's faith now being activated. That's fulfilled trust. And so there's plagues in the Bible. Eventually, Pharaoh lets 
the Hebrews go. Um, and so the Hebrews go and then they end up in a desert period. And this is around where we pick up the story today is when Israel or the Hebrews were in the desert. Um, they were in the desert for 40 years and a point came um, not long after escaping Egypt that the Israelites started to complain. And um, I've done this a fair few times in my life. And Exodus 17, three to six says this. And the people thirsted there for water. So there are a few days out and they were thirsty. And the people complained against Moses and said, why is it that you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children? So they're throwing the guilt trip on Moses. And our livestock, we all thirst. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, what shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. So obviously they're very angry. And the Lord said to Moses, go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel. Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river. So a river previously parted for them. And go, verse 6, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Herob, and you shall strike the rock, and the water will come out of it, and the people may, that the people may drink. So Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Who, who's ever complained not long after you feel like God gave you a vision or a word for your life, maybe a business opportunity, maybe a spouse, and you complain not long after. Could you imagine having a thousand people say, and they're all around you, someone really wants some jelly beans. And they say, Chris, if you kick the wall three times, jelly beans is going to flow out of the wall. Could you imagine how Chris might feel to activate trust in those words? This is how it was for Moses. It's as silly as that. Strike the rock and a river of water for, for millions of people will come out of that rock. Most of us, myself included, would have laughed and gone, sure, God, speak to me. What do you really want for these people? Can you see how when we obey and then we do, that's the moment of the miracle? That's where God does the impossible. See, that was the impossible. It never happened before. We have no documentation of a rock giving water ever before. The, the strike of the rock required more than belief in God. Moses believed in God. He delivered him through plagues. The rivers parted for him. And maybe here today, you would say, I believe in God. I believe in God. I really believe in God. See, you have to believe. Then you have to obey. And then you have to do, which is trust, to have faith. With this formula, God did the impossible for the Israelites. When we allow God to work in us both to will, to stir up a fire or a desire within us and to do his good pleasure, nothing in 24 will be impossible for you. But let me read you 
the next part of this story from Numbers 27 to 12 and see if you can see the difference. Then the Lord spoke to Moses again, saying, take the rod. So this is many, many years later, okay, and the same scenario happens. Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron gather, gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod and before the Lord as he commanded him, and Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. So a million people, millions of people come before this rock. And he said to them, hear now you rebels. So he was obviously upset with the Israelites. Must we... Bring water for you out of this rock. Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And the water came out abundantly. And the congregation and their animals drank. We're normally happy with this, aren't we? And then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me, to hallow me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore... You shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given you. Okay. First of all, did you notice? I think I circled it up there, the word we. At what point did Moses have anything to do with that a miracle being able to happen? We sung it this morning, all glory belongs to the Lord. Never make the mistake of, yes, God, I will do, I will feed these rebels. And when we do this, never, never put yourself of authority in the situation. You and I are conduits for the Lord God Almighty. But He is the miracle worker. Amen. And this is where so many people go wrong is after God moves in our lives time after time after time, we start to think, because I am a man of faith, I will see this happen. And sometimes it does happen. And that's what happened here, is the water did come out. But the water came out for Israel, not for Moses. See, that's the grace and the glory of our God. God loves us so much. God fulfilled on the do or the trust of Moses a miracle for all of Israel. Sometimes we have seen God move in our lives, But that doesn't mean the sin in your life is okay. Sometimes we have seen through our prayers amazing, amazing things happen. But that secret life you have, that is not giving that permission. That's just the mercy and the grace of our great God. You still have a responsibility of righteousness on your life. This is where preachers in the world, see, we, we not you guys, but people on, on Facebook and, and places like that, judge the church, you know, because the church has an unrighteous pastor or the pastor fell to this and this or the church is going woke, you know, and we're not meant to. And so this general judgment comes over the church. But the way that those churches got to those places is we came into the mix for the pastor. 
the pastor started to add the we in there and his thinking and his understanding and his delivery of the word of God. And we came in and God was still moving through their lives. Why? Because God loves you and I so much. His grace and his mercy is sufficient. And the more sin and issues we have in our life, the greater the grace of God is there for us. But that does not give the secret life permission. Just because God is using you doesn't mean you can uh, have a field day in sin. You can live and go to the clubs and just live and, and do whatever you want and start to accept these woke and worldly concepts that don't line up with the Word of God just because there's an anointing on your life. Let me tell you a little secret. The anointing for the gift on your life was there before you were born. So it's not taken away because you sin. It's a God-given gift that He anointed. So the anointing of God that might be outworked in our lives every day, just because He's fulfilling who He is, doesn't give you permission to feel who you want to be. We are still called to pursue who God wants us to be and call us to be. And here's the little trick of the enemy. Because we can never actually achieve it, he lets us settle for, well, that's okay, I did my best, when we didn't. Every time I think, I can't do more, or every time I think, yeah, how do I, I spend hours in prayer, or, or every time I think, my world's too full, there's just someone greater to remind me, well, they do it. <laughs> and I start to realize hey, I, I'm not doing too much. I, I've just got to do it better. I've just got to work out the systems and the strategies that they do so that I can do that also to fulfill the call of God in my life. When you start to settle and say, I did my best all the time and you're allowing sin flow through your life, but you're accepting it because you're trying your best, right? You're falling into the enemy's trap and you've got to wake yourself out of that trap. Say, Holy Spirit, stir in me your will again, your fire and your passion once again. Is this helping this morning? Yeah. In this story, if you picked it up, God actually asked Moses to speak to the rock the second time, not to strike the rock. Sometimes in our journey, in our life, he's not the God of the repeat, he's the God of the new. Hear me this morning. He's not the God of the same old. Just because he's done something in your life doesn't mean that there's not something new for your life. We, we can't hold on to the amazing thing God did for you back then and refuse the challenges in our life right now. Has anyone ever noticed that the new comes with the challenge? Actually, have you noticed that the new often comes with a bit of pain? Has anyone noticed that? And what we do is, in a, in a thought process or a feeling of self-righteousness, but we think it's righteousness, 
but it's really self-allowance to not move forward. We just look back and we want to press repeats on God. Well, God, you, you did this in my life. Would you do that again? When God's saying to you, no, 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 I don't want to do that again. I've got something new. I'm not the God of the repeat. I'm the God of the born again. I'm the God of the new. I'm the God of favor. I'm the God of progress. I'm the God that wants to cover and not just allow. See, he's, he's not a God that goes, well, Graham, you've done pretty good. And at 43 years old, I reckon we could tick the box of your life. If you can sustain this until you're 73, we will class that as a good life. I mean, you've done ministry. You've seen healings. You know, this is where the we starts to come in. You've seen, you've seen healings when you prayed for people. Yeah, God, we did do that. You know, the church grew, you, you had a building like earth. People are going to look back on your life and go, what a mighty man of faith. But that's not what I hear. Whenever I pray to God, I'm not hearing what I've done or how he's used me. The we, 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 we. I'm seeing the new. The will of God, a fire burning. I seriously want to see the banner of Jesus over this whole district. That's the vision in my heart. So God, what's the next step? Because I trust you in that and we will do it together. And so John spoke this morning even about just finances, about this unity between Jesus and and John the Baptist where there was this unity that, no, 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 we need this to be fulfilled together. And this is what faith is like long as we don't put the we word there. But faith is, is when he, he, he fires something up inside of you. And this passion and overwhelming dream, it's, it's generally outside of our old. It's not a repeat moment in our lives. It's not something we fulfilled or have seen or done before. It generally, this desire and passion that God will put in you requires sometimes a bit of pain for you to go through, like Bible college or, or a change of, of friendship circles in your world or maybe a new job for you or, or whatever it may be. There may be some pain in there, maybe an attitude adjustment in your world or a, a paradigm thinking in your finances or a bit of education you need around business or, or whatever it is in your world. But it's something, it requires something of you. Why? Because God doesn't have the old that he wants to regurgitate in your life time and time again. He has something new for you that he wants you to walk into. And that is, he wants you to go, I have a desire, a passion welling up inside of you. And for us to go, okay, God, if that's what you want, I will obey. And then when we obey, he goes, great, this is what I want you to do. And we trust him with that and we do it. At that moment, we're going to see faith explode in our worlds. We're going to see the impossible become possible. Amen. Receive that today.
I can see some doing things going over in people's worlds, in people's minds right now. Jesus said in Luke 18, 27, the things which are impossible with man are possible with God. So I want to ask then, have you had one of those impossible moments in your life? When was the last time? When was the last time you had a moment in your life where you said, I can't do this, yet you knew that you were to walk into it? Just lift your hand if you've given your life to Jesus in the last 12 months. In the last 12 months, if you've lifted your hand, there's heaps. There's lift up nice and bold. Yep, down the back. Yep, there's heaps of people, right? So that was a step for, for you of a transition from the impossible to possible. That was a moment for you where you knew that nothing that you do, pursue, fulfill in your life can take you to what only God can take you to. So you did something, right? You lifted your hand or you came out the front. You responded in that moment. You responded to God and your faith was activated in that moment. Now, God has impossible things for people coming up this year. And he has something in your world coming up for you. Some people might even be able to taste it or see it. Maybe there's a vision. In the previous years, you maybe have had a vision and you've just let it go. You've just let it go thinking it's your mind, playing mind tricks on you. We'll join the club. And, uh, and the reason why it's like that is because it's, it's a God inspiration. It's a Holy Spirit inspiration. It's the will of God rising up inside of you. Now I'm calling you today to obey and to trust in God and see that thing fulfilled in your life. Amen. Believe, obey, and trust. Obedience is the link between your believing that God is who the Bible says He is and can do what the Bible says He can do and trusting God by doing what He has asked you to do. And that's where obedience comes in. The impossible becomes possible by God working through us. Amen. You received that this morning. So believe, obey, and trust equals faith. And that's your formula for 2024.